Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at pigskinpodnet on Twitter, where you can search the hashtag TPN, which we tag as we go live every episode. They've got a ton of great other podcasts, not just fantasy football, football, baseball, soccer, wrestling, basketball. They have got it all. Check them out. We are back, likely most. Fantasy championships have been wrapped up. You may have won. You may have lost. We do still have one game left in the balance tonight. Literally means nothing for the NFL, in my opinion, the Browns and the Steelers, but should be a fun game to watch nonetheless. I've got Matt. I've got Dennis here with me. Gentlemen, how did you end up panning out in your championship weeks, and how are you guys doing? I'm getting a a lot of freezing just for internet at some point. <laughs> I think I ended up, uh, I'm going to end up going two and two. So it could have been a little bit uh, worse, but I can't believe you say the game tonight is meaningless. The Browns have a wonderful chance to end the Steelers season. Yeah, but I mean, like it means nothing for the, yeah, no, and I will say this, obviously we'll, we'll get to it later. It means something I'm, for Pittsburgh. <laughs> I am not upset about it like i was watching obviously the two games that mattered in cincinnati and the rams game yesterday needing cincinnati to lose and the rams to win and the way things played out like i'm actually happy with the way it went we can j- dive right into that game now i guess because i'm not yeah. sure well, uh i know dennis is it ironic too that last year three teams in the afc north made the playoffs and this year it looks like only the team that didn't make it last year is going to be the yeah. one that's in i mean that shows you yeah. how quickly things can turn in the nfl it, it, it's been crazy i'll i will say that i uh, it was a, it was a great week for me as well i will likely go four and five there is a like astronomical shot that i possibly win one need like 100 plus points from four players so it, it's not looking good uh for me but Cincinnati pulls off the big win. I mean, they they needed it. They needed to beat the Chiefs to win the AFC North and secure their spot in the playoffs, and they do it. They win 34-31 to 31 on the arm of Joe Burrow and his mantra of just F it. Jamar Chase is down there somewhere. I mean, what what a great soundbite from Joe Burrow in that. And it worked. It, it, it definitely works. So we are going to start right there with that. I mean, Matt, how dangerous can this Bengals team be in the playoffs? I mean, the defense has been a little hot and cold throughout the season, but that offense, for the most part, has been clicking all season long. 
You know, I think we've seen all season in the AFC, there are no dominant teams. I mean, you look, the Chiefs went into this week as the number one overall seed. They have not beaten any of the current division leaders. We've seen Buffalo kind of go through peaks and valleys. Tennessee looks like they might be getting healthier, which could be good, but they also lost to the Jets. Uh, you know, New England's a young team, and we don't even know who the last who the last wild cards could be. The Raiders, who no one expected, or the Chargers, or the Colts. And the Colts, you know, were a team that was left for dead early in the season. So Cincinnati, I think just getting in, we know they're going to get at least one home game. They have some high-profile offense. I think in the AFC, it's going to be about who gets hot for three weeks. That's exactly what it is, is are, are you – peaking at the right time. And the Bengals seem to be Jackson Carmen, the offensive lineman they drafted. Uh, when everybody was like, oh, draft Sewell, and they went chase, and then they drafted Carmen later, has come on and is just kicking butt. Jonah Williams coming back this year after being injured last year. So their, their offensive line, while they could probably still use a stud or two, is coming together. Um Maybe it's addition by subtraction by letting Billy Price go. Uh, that could be. Uh, but they're off. I mean, Mixon is RB3 on the year. Chase is wide receiver five. Higgins is wide receiver 20. Uh, I feel bad for poor Tyler Boyd because every opportunity he gets, he produces too. You know, Michael Gallup need to form a support group. Or go to, like, Detroit or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously we'll get to the Gallup news, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a an amazing game. Like I said, I was very tuned into this one uh, because it mattered. The, the, the Browns needed the Chiefs to win, and then they just needed to win this next coming week to be able to win the division. That did not happen. Joe Burrow made sure of that. And I'll be honest, I'm very happy about that. I mean, the, the Bengals have been – as weird as it is to say, as Matt, I believe we were just, or you just mentioned, like they were the only team to not make the playoffs last year, and they might be the only AFC North team to make the playoffs this year. The turnaround, and they have been the most consistent team in the AFC North. I cannot wait to see them get into the playoffs. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and, and then again, that defense that they've been, they were really good. They're one of the better defenses to start off the year. Struggled a little bit in the middle. They seem to be putting it back together again, like the Chiefs defense has. I'm, I'm excited to see what the, the Bengals can do. They will be the team I am rooting the hardest for when it comes to the playoffs. Now, I thought they were going to blow it at the end there because they were yeah. so focused on not leaving any time for Mahomes that it was like, oh, my. If it, It's like, I don't know what would have happened if they hadn't gotten the penalty. It was it was turn, it was was turning into a shit show there for a minute. Look, sometimes and, it's better to be lucky than good when you're – I was going to say that. I was going to say that exact same thing. Sometimes it's just – it's better to be lucky than good, and they, they were – they got it. For the Chiefs, though – I mean, this is a huge loss. Not only have uh, they lost to each of the division leaders in the AFC, but they also lost their number one spot, Dennis. Is this cause for concern for the Chiefs? You know, I think it is. They, they're they just not playing consistent. Like, if you could sum the Chiefs up in one player right now, it's Tyreek Hill. He has had four gargantuan weeks that have propped up his entire season. But I think he's had four other weeks that are like 10 points or less. Uh, It's just kind of a – that's the microcosm of the season for the Chiefs right now. And I'm not quite sure. Just as their defense started to come on, 
their offense looked like and, and they started to win games, but they're just something is just off somewhere. And I I don't know. I you know, I can't put my finger on it. I don't think it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire because Daryl Williams keeps performing. You know, it's it's like what is the thing that is preventing them from clicking on all cylinders? It, it, I can't identify it right now. And for fantasy, that can be, you know, quite disturbing. Yeah, and I think we've noted that defense has started to figure out a little bit of what they were doing and adjust their scheme, which caused their offense to adjust and maybe not be the high-flying offense it once was. Their defense looked good and was rounding into shape when they were playing a little bit lesser opponents. But, you know, we talked about how wide open the AFC playoffs are, and that's true, and the Chiefs are the team that have the most experience. They've been to three straight AFC championship games with the core of guys that they have. They've been in the last two Super Bowls with the core of guys they have, and that can be an advantage in the playoffs. But they lost to Buffalo and Tennessee earlier in the season when we tended to want to write off them being in a slump. But yesterday, that defense, I, I don't even know what Steve Spagnuolo was trying to do with Jamar T- Chase. I love. I don't know if you guys watch Sunday or Football Night in America. They isolated a third and 27 at a key point in the game. And he just had – he's so arrogant, he single-covered Chase out there, and they gave up a 27-yard first down. And both Drew Brees and Tony Dungy are like, I don't know what kind of defense that is. No one knows what kind of defense that is. So that should give you pause because we know A.J. Brown can do that. We know a Stephon Diggs or a Gabe Davis can do that, and they have quarterbacks that can do it. It's very likely Tennessee is going to luck out and get Derrick Henry back for their first playoff game, especially since they're tracking toward having a bye now. So – it's, it's not going to be easy for the Chiefs. And if the Chargers get in the playoffs, they will have lost to four of the six opponents that they're playing in there. That should definitely give fans pause. Yeah, I, I have not necessarily been a big believer that this Chiefs defense turned it around. And if you look at their schedule, the only team that they really beat that was a really good offense was the Cowboys. And you could argue the Cowboys had been struggling at that point. Dak was kind of in that little bit of a window where he's like, eh, I, I, you know, he was not playing that good. But I mean, they beat the Raiders. They beat the Steelers in a game where Big Ben, Big ben has not looked good all season. I think we can be honest. Once they got behind, I think it was very easy for them to just drop players back at like the 10-yard line and then stop them there. I mean, the they did – they did do a good job against the Packers. I forgot about that game. But, I mean, the Chargers, that was actually a shootout. They did not but necessarily that was the do Packers you know, with it. Jordan Love. Oh, yeah, that's that right, with Jordan no Love. Aaron yeah, Rogers. so I think that I'm – I am worried because I don't think this defense is – now, I think the front, the defensive front has figured it out a lot more than maybe they were earlier in the season. The, getting Frank Clark back, I think, has been good for that defense. But that secondary, I think, is still as bad as it was earlier in the season. And the Bengals just exploited it, and I would not be surprised if someone else doesn't as we get into uh, the playoffs. Dennis, we are likely – most everybody listening to this is likely done with their fantasy seasons. But as you mentioned on, on last uh, Friday's show – Dynasty never ends. That is an ongoing thing for us. Tell us how we can help improve our dynasty rosters in the offseason. Well, do you want to dominate your dynasty league? It starts now. You've racked up the championship. There's no offseason. It's time to get to work. Figure out what's going to happen in your rookie drafts. 
So the Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds, uh, it's the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. Uh, use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals. Uh, use the player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship. I just tweeted earlier today, am I going to be as overweight on Rashad Penny this offseason as I was Brian Edwards last offseason? Let's see what happens there. Uh, get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle it with the Dynasty GM or bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd and save even more. Also, what you should do is go download the Dynasty Nerd app. That is free. And if you have the Nerd Herd or the Dynasty GM, it'll integrate your rookie drafts into our mock draft app. And you can draft, do mock, rookie mock drafts and startup drafts with your actual draft picks that you have. I've been mock drafting like crazy right now. Part of it is to help build our ADP, but uh, I've got some rookie drafts that I'm really, really looking forward to. I got to tell you. Hey, I mean, it's 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 mock draft season, baby. I, I know the, the NFL season isn't technically over yet, but why not start looking ahead to next season? It's always it's always fun to, to mock draft and see what you might possibly be able to do with those picks. The Bills beat the Falcons here 29-15. Dennis, is Matt Ryan with the Falcons in 2022? I think his contract says yes, but there is a chance they could designate him a post- June 1 cut if they decide they want to move on. Now that's going to hamper them for a couple of years salary cap wise. I think he's due like $40 million, um, something like that. But I think he's yeah, played. Sorry, I pulled it up. I, it's uh, if they release him, his dead cap number for 2022 would be 40.525 million. Ouch. Yeah. yeah and if they, Ouch. if they designate him a June one, well, that's it. They can't split it. Nope. Uh, so that's like rough. It. But if they get out, but if they do that and they're out after one year, you know, I don't know what the options are as we look around and you see Mike Zimmer go, you know, be asked, And they're like, why? He says, well, I get to watch him all week long. Uh, what? Here's what I don't get. How can Josh Johnson be this guy that bounces around? He's in and out of the league, playing in the XFL, USFL, AFL, whatever FL. And then he comes in and he kind of kicks ass. How is it this one guy has played on virtually every NFL team, but he can't keep a starting job? I, I don't know. It, you know, I don't know where you go with Matt Ryan if you let him go, uh, who you get to replace him. It's There's not a ton of options. The quarterback pool is shallow. There's a lot of mediocrity and a lot of awful. Yeah, I've, I've thought about this. I don't think Matt Ryan's been great, but I don't think that he's been the problem. I almost feel like Atlanta should treat Matt Ryan in 2022 like what we've talked about, Detroit treating Jared Goff. You know, if Calvin Ridley can come back and, and is in good shape, that's a pretty good receiver. We've seen the only blessing of Calvin Ridley missing is that Russell Gage seems to have gotten himself together. You like what they have in Kyle Pitts? 
Cordero Patterson has been an interesting weapon. Maybe they can pick up some other pieces. They need to invest in an offensive line, which still isn't great. And maybe you take a chance on a second or third round quarterback in the draft this year, which seems like what would be the better plan given the class that's coming out. And you see if you can develop something behind it. Yeah, that that Matt, you just kind of laid it out. I, I mean, Ryan has not been what he has been in the past, but I don't think he's the full issue with this team. I think a lot of it is that offensive line. He's just not. I mean, I think you can go back even five years ago, and he was he's never been mobile, but he's been able to avoid the rush at times. I, I, he's practically like, well, I mean, I can't even say Tom Brady because Tom Brady at least gets rushing yards. So he's just a, he's a statue back there. He's not avoiding anything anymore. And when you have that offensive line that's just not that good, I think it really does kind of screw a guy like Ryan. I do think they probably grab a guy in the second round. I'm, I, you know, I agree with what Dennis said. It's not really a great class. Uh, it, it it is kind of shallow the the draft classes this year, but if you can get a guy like a Carson Strong who has a lot of comparisons to Matt Ryan, that maybe you can have him learned under Matt Ryan for a year and then put him out there or some of the year and put him out to see what you've got in him. Uh, there, I think there is a way to make that work for you and then if it doesn't work out you can still go get the quarterback in 2023 because you're probably still not going to be that good. But I think the biggest issue with that is offensive line. I was describing the current crop of NFL quarterbacks, not the incoming rookie class. Either or. It works yeah. for both of them, I guess, if we're being honest here. so Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Matt, these, uh, Devin Singletary goes off again. Was he the missing piece the Bills needed to be complete? Yeah, I think just them being able to commit to the running game has helped a little bit. You know, we've seen him get at least 12 carries in the last three games. He's gotten 20 plus in two of those three. And he's ended up with 235 rushing yards and four touchdowns. It's given them some dimension. It's taken some pressure off Josh Allen, which is a good thing because yesterday, you know, if you were just relying on Allen, he got a couple of rushing touchdowns, but he struggled quite a bit uh, as a passer considering the defense they were playing. I think he had three interceptions, wasn't great. It was Singletary and kind of his being able to go for 23 carries and over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns that helped win that game and salted away for Buffalo. I think we've talked about this since last year's playoffs. They have to find some kind of balance if they want to get ahead. Singletary is RB2 over the last four games. I, But it's not like he changed anything. He's the same guy now as he was in week one. Like, the, the change has happened in the coaching staff. I mean, I get it. You get incrementally better, I suppose, with repetitions. But really, is he, the, is he different than what he was early in the season? Or was it just the coaches looking at him and going, He's five foot eight and two hundred and five pounds. We can't give him the ball more than seven times. Uh, I don't know. It seems maybe he's not going to hold up to twenty five touches a game, but he's certainly the best back they got. He can produce in the red zone. He can catch the ball. Roll with it, man. R- ride him till the wheels fall off. Yeah, I think what what you're hinting at, Dennis, is it's been the volume, and we've seen that for a lot of running backs who may not be like. I think Devin Singletary is a good running back. He's not a great running back, but he's now getting the volume. They're not putting Zach Moss out there and Matt Breida and bringing Frank Gore back and throwing him out there. Like Devin Singletary is actually getting the volume and he's being able to show what he can do. That's what he was in college. Like he got the volume. He was the running back for his team. I think now that they're giving him the volume, hopefully, as you mentioned, Matt, it helps because 
Josh Allen was not great in that game. Now, how much of that was not that he's never played in weather before, but it clearly looked like it was very cold up there yesterday. Uh, They just, it, it was just a weird game for them overall. But I think, if they continue to give him the volume as in Singletary, it's going to help the Bills be a more complete team going into the playoffs, which I think they desperately need if they want to try and make it to the Super Bowl. The Bears just absolutely blitz the Giants in this one, and thank you. Thank you, Bears, because I picked up your defense, and it was magical for one of my championship teams. 29-2-3. Matt, can the Giants really bring bring back Joe Judge and Daniel Jones in 2022? Aren't you considering playing another defense too? I was. It was between. I feel them like you and, asked this. I did. It was between them and Green Bay. I don't know what Green Bay did. I know Minnesota didn't. Oh yeah, score they probably. Anything, but but I don't think they got a lot of turnovers. Yeah, yeah, that's where the yeah. I, I'll look really quick. Chicago got me twenty-one points. They're a key reason why I won in a big one. So Green Bay only got six. Now I'm up fifteen right now. So I would not be winning. But I also have Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth still left, and he has nobody. So I'd have won, hopefully, regardless. But it was a big move. I was very, 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 very very happy with the Chicago Bears defense. So for the Giants, uh, this stems on uh, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Adam Schefter reported that the Giants believe that Joe Judge and Daniel Jones deserve another year, but the GM is likely going to be fired. Well, that, you know, no one's going to argue about Dave Gettleman, but I have to I have to be honest. Maybe I can see giving Daniel Jones a shot because they have never had their receivers healthy and he looked decent in spots before he hurt his neck. I have not been impressed with their coaching. I know they sacked their offensive coordinator like that was going to make all the difference in the world and their offense has seemingly actually gotten worse. Um, At some point, that comes back to the coach. I was never sold that he was a great fit. I guess they're going to give him a chance with the new general manager. But if I was a Giants fan, I think I'd be bummed. I mean, is get did Gettleman just not getting players that he thought fit his system? Because if you bring in a new general manager and keep the coach, what you're saying is, is this GM kept giving me guys that don't fit my system. This guy is going to give me guys. It, and if that's the case, then Gettleman should have been gone a long time ago. Uh, or the new guy, it, it, or, or or maybe it's not just Gettleman, it is Judge. Yeah, Judge doesn't, you know, he's, he doesn't seem to inspire men. Uh, bringing, bringing in Garrett sort of kind of told you everything I, I think. It was kind of bringing in Bevel. And it was destined to be less than successful from the get-go. Uh, but you're right. They, they, they have issues on their offensive line, and they only get they, – they've been – for whatever – you know, I don't know what they said to Goodell, but Goodell's like, hey, look, this year you get one wide receiver per game, and that's it. That's like what it's like. It's one wide receiver per game, that's it. At least Jason Garrett wasn't into exactly splitting carries with Devontae Booker and Saquon Barkley, which, you know, Freddie Kitchens, way to audition, fella. Well, you know, I mean, who, who, why why wouldn't you? Saquon Barkley's not like an all-world generational talent at running I mean, back, right? Devontae Bur- Booker has been a uh, generational talent since he came out of Utah. I, I 100% agree. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, smart, smart man. Yeah, I... I just think it's a bad move overall. I, I don't know that Joe Judge is not a good coach. I mean, there were 
times earlier this season that the Giants were playing well, and I thought maybe he was pl- that the team was going to play well enough for him to stay on. But we've just seen this time and time again when a general manager is let go and they bring in a new guy. He wants his own coach, and then even the times where we've seen the coaches pick the general managers. It just it never seems to work out. I think this is one of those times where if you want to keep Daniel Jones for one more year, I understand that part of it, but I think you've just got a clean house and probably just make some better hires, which, I mean, I guess is probably not that easy because we see a lot of franchises mess that up. Dennis, how high will Darnell Mooney go in 2022? Probably higher than he should. Um, you know, I, I'm... I don't know what to make of him. Yeah, he looks pretty good. But, I mean, we've seen Allen Robinson be really good for a lot of years. And it's hard to believe, I guess, that it's just been misuse or or that it's not just been misuse when it comes to Allen Robinson. Maybe he was bitter because they franchise tagged him and he got a little dinged up and his head has just not been in the right space. But Robinson is a really, really good wide receiver. Mooney, it, it a lot. It'll, it'll come down to how well uh, Justin Fields throws the ball. If Fields is throwing the ball well, you know we we saw Fields support multiple wide receivers in college. Can he do it in the NFL? Is going to be the big question. Mooney's going to get a shot to be the one. Robinson isn't going to be back in Chicago and hopefully they don't go out and make some big, uh, you know, alpha wide receiver signing splash signing. Uh, if they do, that's going to, it's going to, I think it's going to throw that offense sort of in flux, but hell, we don't even know who the coach, you know, offensive coordinator are going to be. I think the one thing we know next year about the bears is it's Montgomery, it's fields and it's Mooney. Yeah, and I think that well, I would also throw Komet in there because I think he's not been too bad. Maybe they can get Jimmy Graham to shuffle off somewhere else. I think the big questions are going to be coaching staff. Jimmy, I, Jimmy don't shuffle anywhere but into the end zone, man. <coughs> well, maybe, maybe he can shuffle off to the retirement home and shuffleboard his way to scoring. Uh, coaching is going to be a big question. I also, it's fascinating to me, you know, Mooney's had a pretty good season, but he has had far better performances in chemistry with Andy Dalton than Justin Fields, which I don't think people always realize when they look at uh, his overall numbers and performance. I tend to agree with you. He'll probably go higher than he should, unless maybe they do add some other weapons and then maybe it'll bring him back in line. I think, you know, he should definitely be in the top 50. I probably could see him as a wide receiver three. I think some people think he can be high-end wide receiver two. I don't know that I think he can get there quite yet. Yeah, I I would think even if they bring somebody else in because of what you just mentioned, Matt, he seems, they seem to have a narrative of him having that great chemistry with Fields, which they did have a couple good games together that I think he's still going to be the one for Chicago. Uh, so I, I do think he's going to go higher than he probably should. That being said, uh, I mean, I'll, if if you've got him, I think I'm holding on to him, though, because if as Dennis mentioned, if they don't make a move and he has a shot to be the one, I mean, I know there's definitely a lot of questions around that team right now, as you guys just mentioned, who's the coach going to be, who's the offensive coordinator going to be, you know, is 
Fields going to actually turn around and be the guy we saw at Ohio State? That's a question I think is still a fair question to ask. But Mooney looks primed right now to be the wide receiver one in that offense. And with his skill set, I think he could be a very good threat. The Titans beat the Dolphins 34-2-3. Matt, the Dolphins finally lose out and they are at, lose and they're out of the playoff race. Is Tua back in 2022? You know, I think that's a good question. We know that they... They definitely flirted with getting Deshaun Watson, didn't ultimately pull the trigger. If they can get someone like that, I still think that the, there's a big part of them that wants to do that. And while Tua played well on the team won seven straight, he wasn't exactly dominating and setting the world on fire. I like what they've done with him. I still think he's a developing player, and I think he would be fine being back in Miami, but I think that's something that we're going to have to watch all offseason because that seems far from a lock. Yeah. I think he'll be back just because you, you don't – I'm trying to pull up his contract right now. I feel like he's only he, – he's going into his third year? Is he going yeah, into he's going fourth? to his third year, and those rookie deals are very friendly. But I don't think the Dolphins care as much about Cap. if they. It's whether they can get the name that they want. Yeah, if they uh, – but, but I still think they – we've seen what the backup quarterback market can look like. And if I have to choose between, you know, Kurt Benkert and Tua Tungavailoa, I'm going to choose Tua. So maybe they bring somebody in because they're like, we want to make a splash with uh, a quarterback. You know, we'll just throw Russell Wilson out there because he seems to be the hot guy moving everywhere. So they bring Russ in. Well, you keep Tua because, you know, Russ is getting older. We saw what happened when he missed some games this year. You know, we've seen what's happened in in New York when Jones went out and what they've had to play with. Uh, we saw what happened when Jordan Love had to start. It's, it's not pretty when you don't have a good backup quarterback. And so if, even if I am the Dolphins, I don't just completely scrap Tua because I think he can be pretty good still, but I might. If, if I'm going for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or somebody like that, uh, it, it makes perfect sense to keep a, a even a first-round rookie uh, on his contract instead of trying to go cheap there. Yeah, and I also don't think that all the issues with Miami's offense is Tua. That offense is just not conducive, I think, to Tua's skill set at all. I, I mean – I was talking with someone about this. Uh, Matt Walsh. Tua isn't responsible for the running game? <laughs> no, not at all. Not that I know of. Maybe he is calling the plays in the huddle. I could be wrong. No, but we were talking about that because, like, how good Waddle has been, but they're not even using him, like, in a great way. It's just it, – Miami is a whole weird situation. I think, you know, Dennis just mentioned Russell Wilson. Unless they have a shot and they end up getting Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, I don't see any quarterback in the draft – well, where Miami is going to be if they're not going to be able to get Matt Corral, who's probably the only quarterback I would for sure take over to at this point. You're not going to be able to improve the position, so why not just keep the guy on the contract and see what he can do? And if you don't like him, move on from him in a couple seasons. But I think it's a little bit premature to just move on from the guy who, uh, granted, maybe he's never going to be what a lot of us thought he was going to be, and, and maybe the hip is to blame, but I still think a lot of it is just it, it's been – very weird and bad offensive play calling in, in Miami the past couple seasons. Matt, Isn't it Titans, weird, though, that they tanked for him seemingly for two years only to be ready to jettison so, him after less than two years? 
I think the that's biggest, not like they've been terrible. Yeah. The biggest thing with that, I think, is 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 the hip though. Like when they were tanking for him, I mean that changed a lot. And I don't know how much of that is still him. Like I said, I was not as big on him as I was Herbert and Burrow. Um, and some of that was, I'm just gonna be honest with we've not really seen a whole lot of left-handed quarterbacks thrive in the NFL for whatever reason. And I, I just there was a lot that he had at Alabama I thought was not going to translate to the NFL. So far it hasn't, but I don't know that that's, again, all on him. I think some of that is on the play calling. They don't – outside of Waddle, they don't have anybody else to help him either. They don't have a running game. Sorry, Devontae Parker ain't it. Uh, I mean, they my God. what's Will Fuller to play this season. Yeah, Will Fuller played, what, like a, a half, if that? That's it? And then you've Seven got – Preston Williams, who, who's barely getting out on the field anymore. I mean, Mike Gusecki's practically gone from everything it looks like now, and they've got Hunter Long coming in. Like, they've got, they've done nothing to help him. That offensive line, for all that they paid, what was it, Laramie Tunsil? Or no, they got rid of him, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. traded him to Houston. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line's not that great. Like, they've done nothing to help, too. So let's not put all of this on him. He has not played great, but there's a lot of other, like a lot like the Atlanta conversation. We had, there's a lot of other things wrong with Miami. There's many things I would get to before I get to two as the issue. And this is coming from, again, a guy who's not even that big a fan of like Tua as, as a player. I think he's like a borderline average quarterback. I don't think he's, you know, game changing like Burrow and Herbert are. Matt, the Titans are tracking to be the top seed in the AFC. Have we been underrating them all season? I think maybe a little, especially down the stretch here when they were missing all their their pieces. They just seem to find ways to win. Now they're seemingly getting healthier. You know, A.J. Brown's back. Looks like they might get Derrick Henry back. And they have answered every serious challenge. You know, even when it seemed like the Colts were making a run on them, they stood tall and won the last two weeks. Games we didn't think they were going to win. And they blitzed. Miami. I mean, they just took Miami apart on Sunday. Now it looks like they're going to be the number one seed. They're going to have home field advantage. And I think that puts them in a great position in a wide open conference. Yeah. I, I know I did when, when Henry went down, they, uh, I didn't expect they would be able to hold on to it. The defense has played just well enough. Dante Foreman, um, you know, is changing the narrative on Achilles injuries. Um, if he can come, I'm curious to see. I, I honestly, I hope he's a free agent uh, this off season and can go someplace where he's going to get an opportunity to be the starter. Um, you know, send him down to Miami, let him hammer that ball in there. And then, you know, let some other back be the change of pace guy. But even Foreman is a decent enough pass catcher too, but he's, I, gosh, who, I really got to do a better job of noting these things when I'm scrolling Twitter at work. Um, somebody posted a, uh, a a graphic that basically the in the eight games that uh, Henry played and the running backs in the eight games since they're like within 25 rushing yards of each other. Now, granted, that doesn't take into consideration that when Henry played, other running backs played as well. So it would be skewed a little more. But it's not like the running game didn't just disappear when Derrick Henry got injured. Uh, Foreman, Hilliard's played well, and McNichols has played well there. But I I certainly underestimated them. I thought they were going to fade. 
Uh, I was uh, thinking it was going to go Indianapolis as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we all did, and I don't necessarily think that it was an unfair criticism, though. I mean, as Dennis mentioned, I mean, Foreman has done a good job stepping up here the past couple of weeks, but they also brought in Adrian Peterson for like a week or two. That really didn't pan out outside of like one touchdown. You know, they tried it with Jeremy McNichols as well, didn't really pan out. And I think the reason they were really struggling, and we've seen who's really, I think, a big key of that offense as well, is A.J. Brown coming back has changed that offense back to what it was earlier in the season. When they did not have him, that offense was struggling. They were they barely won a couple of those games, and that offense did not look like they could put up more than 13 points a week. So that part of it, I think, really changed things for the Titans in a positive way. And I don't know. They kind of didn't have him yesterday. Well, I mean, that part's true, but Miami just looked inept in, like, everything they did. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I think that uh, that just really changed things for, for the Titans. I th- in my opinion, getting A.J. Brown back, and it, it might end up leading them to getting the number one overall seed, which is insane. The Raiders hang on to beat the Colts 23-20. Matt, the Raiders win third straight. Are they peaking at the right time? Yeah, that was a crushing result for a number of reasons for me. But, uh, yeah, the Raiders, three weeks ago, they were 6-7. and seven. They looked like they were about to play themselves out. We've seen them fade at the end of the season the last couple of years, but they, this is a little bit of a different team. I don't know if Chris Pisaccia was the kick they needed or, you know, Carr and some of these guys wanted to will them to another spot, but they've set themselves up in a great position for a win and get in game at the end of the NFL season, the final game of the season. And they've done uh, these last three weeks without arguably their best player on offense and Darren Waller. You got to love what Renfro's done. Jacobs has been running hard and Derek Carr has just been a steady guiding influence despite all of the turmoil this team has endured. I mean, who would have imagined that a a six foot, 225 pound agile running back would be beneficial to your offense? Um, I don't know. Jacobs has looked really good. Moreau has filled in adequately, but you know, he hasn't, he's no Darren Waller, that's for sure. Uh, he's kind of, uh, he, he's uh, Hayden Hurst to uh, Darren Waller's Kyle Pitts. Um, but they're, they're playing, they're playing well enough. Uh, the defense is making plays and they're playing up to the level of their competition instead of down to the level of the competition. And, you know, like you said, I don't know if it's Basaccia. I don't know if it's if it's Derek Carr. Uh, you know, he's never been one that we've thought I think could put a team on his back and carry it. Um, but he also he's you know Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins have often seemed interchangeable to me, and, and it's like they're not gonna. They may lose you a game here or there, but for the most part, they're gonna play solid. They're going to have some really good games here and there. And if they get on a hot streak, they can play well enough and keep the team at a level that they they could get on a roll. I don't know that they go very deep if they do make the playoffs, but they've played well enough to put themselves in position. Yeah, I I honestly think the biggest thing that's changed and – I don't like mean to kick a guy when he's down, but I think Gruden not calling plays has changed things, changed things for the Raiders. Like 
Josh Jacobs seems to be more consistent. Derek Carr seems to be more consistent. It's weird, but the passing game seems to be thriving more without Waller out there. Like, I, I just think altogether this offense has looked better without Gruden doing all the things that he was doing. He, he you know, he, he wanted – I think so much to happen with Derek Carr, and I think the offense now seems to suit him better. They're, they seem to be playing off Josh Jacobs, who's having a really good season, and then allowing Carr to use the play action and, and throw deep when he needs to, not on every other play like Gruden wanted, or it seemed like he wanted. So I, I think Gruden not being the play caller has been big for them. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm happy for him. As we talked about this earlier. As Matt, men- Matt, you mentioned, they looked like they were falling apart again. And I said, I, I kind of hoped that they were going to make it to the playoffs after the season they had. Now it cost my Browns a chance to make the playoffs because they ended up beating him. And one of the reasons the Browns aren't making it in, but if the Raiders do make it in, well, I, would put, I don't think the Raiders are going to make it in because they have to beat the Chargers this week. And I don't want my Chargers to get knocked out. So, but I think the Raiders are having a great season and I I'd be very, I'll be curious to see what happens this, uh, this Sunday. Uh, Dennis, the Colts drop a tough one. What do we expect from them in the postseason? Uh, I don't know. Do we expect them to have a postseason? I don't know. They seem to be fading. If, if Tennessee clinches, um, you know, I, I think that puts them. It, it's going to challenge Carson Wentz's mental fortitude. I mean, right now, it seems like when they win, everybody's like, oh, they won because of Jonathan Taylor. And when they lose, everybody's like, oh, they lost because of Carson Wentz. And I don't think either one of them are actually 100% accurate. Um, yeah, Taylor's playing awesome, and, and Wentz sometimes struggles. Uh, but they've, you know, they've they've been without Darius Leonard for a couple games. They've had some injuries on defense. Uh, they their tight end is virtually non-existent. Uh, it they were they had a bunch of issues on their offensive line. If they get in and everything kind of gels back together, they could be dangerous, especially when, if Jonathan Taylor starts putting up, you know, those 27 carries for 190 yard, 150 yard kind of games, he can eat up a lot of clock and, and make a team pretty dangerous. Yeah, all they have to do is beat Jacksonville to get in. If they can't do that, they shouldn't be in the playoffs. <clears throat> They've been an inconsistent team all season. They started really poorly. They seem to find themselves. Frank Reich at least seems to be using Jonathan Taylor a little bit more. I think that they have the potential to be dangerous. You have to wonder if being, if getting COVID and being on the COVID list didn't hamper Carson Wentz a little bit. He was just off on some of those passes. He missed a wide open T.Y. Hilton on a throw that would have changed the course of that game. Given that, they were very close. You know, if they win that game, we're talking about them being on, on a roll. They've had some pretty huge wins, beating the Patriots, beating the Cardinals. I think they've got a shot but going on the road it's hard to feel great about anyone in the AFC right now yeah I think the biggest thing and and Dennis mentioned it and it was on uh I think Chris the Christmas Day game uh the broadcast was talking a lot about it that the even the Colts have been saying like we're gonna need Carson Wentz to win us a game here it can't just be Jonathan Taylor that's going to be the biggest question. Assuming they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, which 
you know, with the way the NFL season's going, I don't know that we can assume that they will beat them. It's, it's likely going to be Jacksonville Super Bowl, a chance to knock out one of their rivals uh, and, and knock them out of the playoff race like the Browns can tonight with the Steelers. Uh, I think that Jacksonville's going to be up for that game. Now, granted, they haven't played great, so likely the Indianapolis wins. And if they do, they make it in the playoffs. I do think it's going to be more on Wentz than it is Jonathan Taylor to get that win because – Defenses typically come to play when it comes to time for the playoffs, and they're going to focus in on Taylor. It's going to be on Wentz's arm to get it done. The Patriots blow out the Jaguars that we were just talking about, 52-10. Dennis, the Jaguars get destroyed. Can this team be fixed? Well, they need to get a head coach, um, put together a coaching staff, develop a plan for the draft. Uh We've seen exceptional quarterbacks have awful seasons their first year. Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman, you know, some of these people that have went on to be all-time greats started pretty bad. And not because they didn't have talent, but because when you're the number one overall draft pick, uh, you're not necess- you're not typically going to a great situation. So you compound the interpersonal stuff going on behind the scenes in Jacksonville that we probably only have an inkling of the tip of the iceberg there. Uh, You know, they lost Robinson. LaVisca doesn't seem to be panning out. Uh, They've got a lot of holes they're going to need to fill. But I think that once they get a coach in there, if they get a coach in there that can build an offense around Trevor Lawrence's strengths, I think they're going to be just fine. It's just going to take a couple of years. I don't know if there are any easy fixes because, you know, dynamic coaching can do something and they have not obviously had dynamic coaching. And we all thought Trevor Lawrence was a, was a decent talent coming out. ATN and Robinson, we don't, they're coming back off some serious injuries. There's going to be some questions there. Chark coming off some serious injuries. So they have potentially talented players coming back, but I'm not sure this is a, a one year turnaround. You know, there was a lot of optimism that with Lawrence and ATN coming in and, and a coaching change, this could be a five or a six win team. They've been dreadful. They were, they look worse than the Jets. They look worse than pretty much. They definitely look like they're earning the number one pick. Now, maybe that helps uh, this whole thing. I don't think their defense is great. I don't think their offense is particularly great. Um, so it's it's a big job. And when you look at most of the reports about potential coaching openings, Jacksonville is down near the bottom of attractiveness, um, which should give everyone a moment of pause. Yeah. I mean, the weird thing is, I mean, I was not, I like Trevor Lawrence. I had him behind Justin Fields as, as the number two quarterback in this class. He almost looks broken and I hope that they can fix it. But Matt, you just mentioned, I mean, don't have a great offensive line. We don't know when ETN or Robinson will be back next season. Not a great wide receiver core because I believe chart can be a free agent as well. So if chart's gone, you know, LaVisca Chenault, who's not even been used correctly either in Jacksonville. You know, we, they they reached out to Dan Quinn, who seems like pretty quickly said no thank you and moved on. Like, who do they bring in? This team has a lot of questions around him. I don't know. And, and granted, could be 100% wrong, right? Like, we saw this with the Rams a couple years ago. Jeff Fisher, horrible job. Sean McVay comes in. They're immediately in the playoff Super Bowl. 
they have a really, I believe, a quarterback who's going to be very good in the future. So if they make the right hire, which we just talked about earlier with the Giants, they can turn it around. But I think there's a better chance that they don't just because of all the questions around this team right now. Um, Matt, on the Patriots side here, I mean, Damian Harris goes off. How dangerous are the Patriots? I'd just like to point out, like, we call back perfectly, by the way, too, yeah. on Friday. Like, Damian Got a couple Harris, touchdowns. To get a couple yanks. touchdowns, some decent rushing yards, and then he's out, and here comes Stevenson, and that's exactly how that played out. I like their two-headed rushing attack. Uh, you know, Josh McDaniels has done a pretty good job with the offense. If Mac Jones can avoid turnovers, that's great. They they have a pretty decent defense, and they couldn't have a more experienced postseason coach, which will give them an advantage over some of the teams that get in. But just like what we were talking about with Indianapolis or with the Raiders or even Buffalo, you know, it, it's going to be fascinating. Right now it looks like it's tracking that it would be Patriots at Bills round three for the first round of the playoffs, which would be kind of a fascinating matchup. It's whatever team gets hot, and the Patriots, have, we've seen them catch fire this season. They have a decent chance, you know, probably a better chance than Patriot haters would like to admit. Yeah, I isn't is Ramondre Stevenson really a threat to Damian Williams? Like, what's going to happen? I mean, Stevenson went 19 for 107 and two touchdowns of his own. Uh, I I like Harris a lot, but I get so worried about Stevenson. Uh, and then it ended up be, because their skill sets are very similar. It's not like they're complementary backs. They do the same thing. And so from a fantasy perspective, that's where it gets maddening. Because, yeah, it's great that Damian Harris – and maybe it wouldn't have played out this way if Harris didn't have the, the bum hamstring. But, man, you hate it. He, he only rushed for 35 yards. But he got the two touchdowns. That's great. But then Stevenson doubled him up in carries and went 107-2 and two himself. I don't know, man. That That's just starting to scream headache from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I mean, it really does. I, I still think Damian Harris is the better running back, but I think a lot of that, too, I think he only has one more year on his contract, so it seemed like one of those things where they bring in Ramondre, because I did not think Ramondre was going to get a lot of run this year. I thought maybe next year he would, uh, but I understand that. I also think like that's kind of what we've seen, unfortunately, from New England and their running backs for years. Is It's just very, very frustrating. I mean, add in the fact that James White comes back next year, likely off an injury, so how does he factor into the passing game? It, it's a very confusing backfield for sure, but I think Damian Harris is at least the guy for the play. Well, playoffs are over. If you're in a playoff league, uh, that starts, he's a guy I want. Um, and next year, you probably have to reevaluate what he might be uh, in this backfield and what his value is. The Buccaneers come back to beat the Jets in what was a crazy game for multiple reasons. We'll, we'll save the, I guess, second part for a later dis or a discussion here in a minute. Dennis, the Jets play tough. Uh, is Zach Wilson actually getting better? Yeah, I think he is. It's... Uh... You know, they've got a couple pieces that get things done. You know, I don't think Crowder comes back. And part of the reason I think Crowder doesn't come back is because of what Braxton Berrios is doing. Berrios is that he's going to be the slot guy. Uh, when Elijah Moore gets healthy, we've seen him be great on the outside. So now you've got 
two wide receivers with complementary skill sets. You know, Kenny Yeboah at tight end was looking good, and and Wilson was finding him. Yeboah was getting open and making catches. Michael Carter is looking great. Uh, Ty Johnson looked good. So they've got some pieces. You know, they drafted Elijah Vera Tucker last year, Makai Becton the year before. They just need to keep adding to that offensive line. And if they can stabilize that offensive line, I think Wilson's going to be fine. And then you get him uh, an alpha wide receiver. Maybe it's more. You know, more more is an alpha, more in the vein of Antonio Brown than, say, Michael Pittman. But that doesn't mean he's not the alpha. You know, more could be that guy that's going to be the big play down the field, gets things done, heavily targeted like Antonio Brown was. Uh, Let's say pre-2018 Antonio Brown so we don't put that evil on him. Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, Wilson and... I think part of it too is Wilson is not trying to he's not trying to do more than he can right now. He's playing within himself. Yeah, sometimes he's going to take a sack. Sometimes he's going to only throw for 125 yards. Um, the team really isn't built to win right now, but they just got to play hard right now. That's that's what they need to do under year one with Salah is just play hard. Yeah, I don't know if Wilson's been incredible, but he's probably done, you know, he hasn't been awful. He doesn't look like he's falling apart, you know, like what we just talked about with Trevor Lawrence, where it looks like he's trending the wrong way. He's been, you know, seems like he's better now at the end of the season than he was at the beginning of the season, which is what you're always looking for, some signs of growth. But more importantly, I don't know if we would have said this in August, but he looks like he aside from Mac Jones might be in the best situation of any of those big five rookies, a a pretty quality head coach, a team that seems to be building and putting together the pieces. If they can get healthier and add a couple more pieces this off season, they may actually be a fun contender next year. Yeah. I mean, and speaking of Mac Jones with the way Wilson's played the past three weeks, I think you can honestly say he's been the second best rookie quarterback as well. Like it's, he really has played better the past couple of weeks and, and I don't disagree. I mean, with, with some of the wide receivers they have around him, uh, the running backs that saw so, so coaching the defense, I, I do think that the jets could be a, a good spot for Wilson moving forward. I mean, Antonio Brown, you know, I, I don't really know what to say. I, I, If you guys have not seen Tom Brady's comments, I'll just say I echo that. Like, Clearly there's some issues going on. I just hope that he gets whatever help he needs. It was the – I mean, I, I've been a fan of football for two decades, literally never seen anything like that. Uh, clearly he's got stuff going on, and I just – I hope he gets the help that he needs. That That's really all I've got to say. Matt, I mean, your thoughts on, on what happened uh, yesterday at Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean – People instantly starting to speculate about where he's going. I think the NFL teams are probably done with him. You know, this has been enough chances. This is about something other than football. He clearly, there are cries for help, and then they're stripping down and doing jumping jacks across an opponent's end zone as you leave the field, cries for help. And, and that was weird and tough to see. You saw how it looked like Brady was sort of pained having to talk and think about that, you know, somebody he's tried to take into his house, tried to look after. So hopefully 
he gets better. And now his team, you know, they're going to have to rally. It'll be an opportunity for those younger receivers in Tampa Bay. You know, if Godwin's not coming back, Evans is still there. But, you know, we've seen a Cyril Grayson pick up. You know, maybe a Tyler Johnson gets a shot in there uh, as Tampa Bay moves forward. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Ian Rappaport came out today and said that what Brown has reported from his end is that his ankle that he had been out with uh, was bothering him to the point where he didn't feel like he could play. And that the, that uh, Arians basically said, if you don't go in, you're gone, get out of here kind of thing. I don't know what the truth of the matter is there, how that played out. I know if you're having, if your ankle's bothering you, you go to the blue tent, you know, if you're injured, you, you go see the doctors and the doctor's, you know, work with you to make the right decision for you. We don't see any of that prior stuff. We just see, the only thing I've seen is where Evans was talking to him and then he took off his shoulder pads and jersey and went through the end zone throwing his uniform or his t-shirt and gloves uh, up in the stands. You know, I've managed people for a long time and Often when you have two people come to you with a story, uh, it's the truth is some, you know, there's it, it, you know, what I tell people, they're like, well, are you call somebody will tell me something. And then I talk to the other person and they tell me something and then they'll say, well, you know, are you agree with them? So you're calling me a liar. And I'm like, no, it's true to you. What, what you experienced is your experience and that's true to you. And what they experienced is their experience. And that's true to you. So, the real truth, though, is probably somewhere in the middle. You know, you guys have your experiences and those are true to you. So right now, whatever is going on with Bruce Arians and whatever is happening with Antonio Brown, somewhere between there is what really happened without the filters the two of them have. I don't know what that is. You know, I know that over the past couple of years, he's done some stuff uh, that's been questionable to put it mildly, hopefully, uh, you know, he takes a cue from Calvin Ridley, but you know, he's been all over, all over Instagram and Twitter and stuff today, posting stuff, not hateful stuff, but you know, he's said stuff to Ben and things like that. He's, you know, he certainly, uh, you know, he didn't go check himself in somewhere. He's hanging out. Yeah, I I think I do agree with uh with what Matt just said on. I I have seen a lot of people talking about okay, well where is he going next? I when you do what you just did on Sunday, I don't like there's things you can do off the field and I think NFL teams are willing to take a shot on you regardless. When you do something like that and I'm I hate to put it this way, but let's just be honest, it's what he quit on his team in the middle of the game. I don't know that an NFL team takes a shot on you at this point. I, I, I do think, unfortunately, we may have just seen the end of, of his career. The Eagles beat the Washington football team 22-16. Matt, should Nick Sirianni be in the Coach of the Year discussion? You know, we never would have said this over the summer, and he has given some shocking press conferences, to say the least. But they're nine and seven. This is a team that I think universally most people outside of Nick Sirianni's immediate family thought was going to be uh, near the bottom of the NFC. And they've already punched their ticket. They're in the playoffs. And I think 
Jalen Hurts has had a decent season, and I think Nick Sirianni has tried to maximize his gifts and get the most out of him. We saw when they had to turn it over to Gardner Minshew, he had a pretty incredible game. They've had a rotating stable of running backs they've managed to work their way through, and they've been a scrappy team. There's probably no chance he's winning it, but if you were talking about somebody who seems to have made a huge difference over you know, a what we would have considered maybe a more talented Eagles team that fell apart last year with Doug Peterson, it's been a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, I you know, I think he'll get a vote or two, uh, and rightfully so. But if from the not great press conferences at the beginning of the year, uh, right after the hire, uh, to where they are now, he's done an admirable job. I think that, you know, we want to see more from a fantasy output from Devonta Smith. We want to see them commit to a running back. You know, give Miles Sanders the ball, not just between the 20s, but in the red zone too, and give it to him a lot because he's good. So from a fantasy perspective, you know, they've got weapons. On the Washington football side here, Dennis, what does Washington need to do in the offseason? Washington needs a quarterback, and they need some offensive linemen. Um, and I think actually – but all so there was a lot of praise in the offseason and preseason heaped on the Washington defense. They have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. For whatever reason, it didn't gel this year, and then they were susceptible. They they got a bunch of injuries, and and but they've got a talented group on that side of the ball. They just need to figure out what happened. Uh, they need to do an autopsy on that defense, uh, figure out, you know, Chase Young just wasn't getting to the quarterback. He was getting near the quarterback. Uh, they, they've got – on defense, I think they just need to, um, you know, clean it off and stand it up. Offense, they need a quarterback. Yeah, I think they're going to have to address the quarterback, but also they probably just need to get healthy. If you get Logan Thomas back, we still haven't seen what Curtis Samuel can do in this group. I like what they have in Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaren. Um, so I think there's still some potential. They may not be as far off as this late season slide has made them look. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing there, as Dennis mentioned, is quarterback. They re- they really need a quarterback. I think we, we've kind of realized through the back half here that Heineke just isn't it. The Rams beat the Ravens 22-19. Matt Stafford struggles again, then rallies. Is this a cause for, for concern heading to the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, the Rams have kept winning, so that's masked a little bit of this, but Stafford's had a couple of really dubious games in a row, turning the ball over a lot. Um, Things like what he did throwing the pick six and putting them in an early hole in Baltimore, if you do that in the playoffs against some better teams, you can't come back from it. Yeah, I mean, Matt Stafford is a really good quarterback, but because he believes he can make every throw, you you have games like that. Yeah, I mean... It, it For me, it's concerning, especially with the way that they've been playing. But he does have one of the better coaches in the game, in my opinion, in Sean McVay. So I'm sure that they'll get it figured out. Dennis, has the injury become too much? Has the injury load become too much for the Ravens? You know, I 
there's only so much even the deepest of teams can handle. You know, they've lost a lot on the defensive in the defensive backfield. Um, you know, Dobbins being out. You know, I I think that Devontae Freeman has filled in admirably for J.K. Dobbins, but he's no J.K. Dobbins. Tyler Huntley has filled in admirably for Lamar uh, Jackson, but he's no Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I do think that uh, it, it's it's taking its toll. It's not just on offense. I mean, their defense has been beaten up too. They've been beaten up all season. I think we've seen the weight of that in the five straight losses. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, honestly, given the position they're in. I think they should sit Lamar and look toward the future. Agreed. I mean, at this point, well, I guess they still technically have a shot to make the playoffs, though. So that's why it's kind of hard to decide to to sit sit your team. But I mean, I mean, you have to rely on Jacksonville beating the Colts for them to get. But it's we've seen crazier things happen this year. That's the worst part about it. Like I, I don't know. I think you've got to go all in because. I mean, it just reminds me of that video that was was going all over the place. I think it was yesterday where, where the Bills, nobody expected the Bengals to beat. I can't remember who they were playing. I think it was Pittsburgh or Baltimore that one year to get Buffalo in, and they came. Andy Dalton throws that pass. They get a little bit lucky with the missed tackle. Game over. Buffalo's in the playoffs. So you never know. As much as I agree with you that maybe it's best, but I don't even know that Lamar plays. They may throw Huntley back out there again, who, you know, up until this game has actually been pretty good. And and I, I don't know that they throw Lamar out there. But yeah, I think the injuries have really kind of hurt this Ravens team. The 49ers beat the Texans 23 to 7. Matt, what do the Texans need to build around in 2022? You know, I've mentioned before, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Davis Mills get a shot. I think if they can keep Brandon Cooks, that would be good. They need to figure out probably a better solution at running back and keep working on the line. I like what they have in Brevin Jordan, uh, and, you know, and it seems like Nico Collins is getting a little bit better. Mostly, I, you know, there's been a lot of talk about whether they're going to change coaches. I think David Culley's done a pretty incredible job given the task he was handed i the biggest thing is they need to move watson before the draft so that they can get some picks uh i agree 100 percent. i mean maybe you bring in a veteran but davis mills has earned the opportunity uh he went into the shit show there and and you know for whatever reason he wasn't a great prospect coming in but he's outperformed uh what the expectations were they have a lot of holes. You know, they need to make, they need to move Watson. They need to start to rebuild. Yep. I mean, I agree. One thing I'll echo is I agree on David Coley. That team has played tough for him every single week. I do think that he should be given the chance when they start to turn this around to continue to be the head coach. Dennis, what did we think of Trey Lance in his official debut for the 49ers? You know, I think he he did pretty well. Um, I, I didn't get to watch a lot of the game because I was uh, watching other games. Um, but it, in the times I clicked on and watched, I saw him make some nice throws. Um, he did not seem like he was looking to run first. He was playing the position well, and and I think it it bodes well. He it's it it. Uh, it outperformed what my expectations were. So the result was better than I expected. So uh, I, I like him. I, you know, I think right now I'd still be starting Jimmy Garoppolo if I'm making a playoff run, but I think the future looks good for uh, San Francisco. 
Yeah, if Jimmy G's healthy, he's you know or good enough to play. He's playing week eighteen. He's probably playing in the playoffs. Uh, but you know, Trey Lance needed this because the 49ers need to see what they have. They're they're gonna have a tough decision, but I think we saw him, you know, in the first game he started, he felt like a glorified running back that threw a few times. This time he looked a lot more like a quarterback, and the offense looked pretty good with him back there. Yeah, I think he showed enough flashes to get you excited for the 49ers future. They still have a chance to make the playoffs, but he does look like he can be the guy that we all hoped he would be when they took him with the third overall pick. The Saints beat the Panthers 18-10. Is Sam Darnold the starter in Carolina in 2022, Matt, and is Matt Rule in trouble? Well, we know Darnold's going to be back because they picked up that fifth-year option, but I th- I think we've talked about before. They, they're probably bringing in competition. He didn't look great yesterday. Matt Rule, you know, he's, he was a big hire, got a big contract. I do tend to think they're going to give him at least one more year, but he definitely looks to be on thinner ice than we thought he'd be going into the season. Yeah, it's never good when your uh, owner's – being quoted as saying uh, he's embarrassed. Yeah. Dennis, the Saints win, and they have a path to the playoffs. Do they get in? You know, I, I, I don't know. It's, you know, if they have a path, you know, they got to go out and, and, and take care of business on their end. I haven't followed the playoff picture quite as close as you guys. So if they beat the Falcons and the 49ers lose to the Rams, the Saints are in. So, I mean, I'd give it a, a it's at least a 50-50 shot. You know, I, I, I'm not sure the 49ers can beat the Rams. But I feel like they should be able to beat the Falcons. So, I don't know. It's it, They're a team because of – Peyton's experience is dangerous, but they're awful thin at wide receiver. They don't have any stars at wide receiver. Uh, You know, their quarterbacking is suspect. And as much as Kamara is trying to carry the load on the ground, um, you know, he's built more for the 10 carry, 10 target that he is the 25 carry kind of game. Yeah, I would I would say it's probably more like 30-70. I don't see the 49ers beating the Rams. That's, that's a low chance in my opinion. Dennis, why don't you tell us a little bit about DraftKings? If your season's wrapped up, what's one way you can win some money in the final week of the NFL season? Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've got some winnings I need to spend next weekend. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. 
This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. We are going to go a little bit rapid fire here on these last four games. The Chargers beat the Broncos 34-13. Matt, is Vic Fangio done? There are rumors right now that uh, the front office actually likes him. I think for sure they're going to change offensive coordinators. Personally, I think they would benefit from a head coaching change. If you had asked me last week, I would have said yes, but now I'm more 50-50, which scares the crap out of me. <laughs> Dennis, the Chargers get a win. The Chargers are in a win, get win and get in scenario. Do they get it done this week? You know, they're on the road uh, at the Raiders, and they tend to play a little bit better on the road. The Raiders are playing tough, though. Uh, I like – I'm a Justin Herbert, Herbert guy, so I'm going to go with yes. I, I agree. At least I hope because I love me some Justin Herbert. Got to get closer to getting you out of that tattoo bit. Yeah, 100%. The Seahawks beat the Lions 51-229. Dennis, Amon Ross St. Brown, is he a top 25 dynasty wide receiver? I don't know if he's top 25 yet. He's definitely top 36, but I, I feel like he's he's in that Jarvis Landry sort of category. Right now, he, he's a little more explosive than where Landry is. Uh, but I think top 25 might be pushing it. Uh, but, man, dude's looking good. I'll just say I love him. He is a main reason I won two championships this weekend with the role that he has been on the past five weeks. Matt, was it the final home game for Russell Wilson? Certainly had the kind of feel of a, you know, last hurrah. Uh, who knew that he could actually throw touchdowns to DK Metcalf? I don't know where that's been all season. But if it was the last home game, at least they go out on kind of a high note. If Seattle had been playing this way all season, I don't think there'd be any talk about them breaking up. Yeah, I think some of that too, though, we got to remember, I mean, the the injury for Russell probably changed the trajectory of the season, unfortunately. The Cardinals beat the Cowboys 25-22. Dennis, the Cardinals get a big win. Have they righted the ship? No, I, I think it's as right as it can be uh, with Hopkins being out. You know, Antoine Wesley is playing really, really well. He's complimenting uh, Christian Kirk in a good fashion. Chase Edmonds is playing well. So uh, given where they are injury-wise, uh, I think it's as right as it can get. Matt, tough loss for your Cowboys. How does the loss of Gallup impact them in the playoffs? Part of me thinks it may make their pass offense a little bit better. Uh, it seemed like when Gallup was out, they were really able to lean on Dalton Schultz, who's been great across the middle, and just clarify the options with Lamb and Cooper. So hopefully that helps. I mean, they still have plenty of weapons. Uh, real bummer for Gallup, though, heading into free agency. Yeah, that, that was – I hated seeing that yesterday. The Packers beat the Vikings 37-210. Matt, was Sean Mannion the right choice for the Vikings? So the argument Mike Zimmer seemed to be making is that he was the more professional option and the Vikings were in a must-win situation. I don't think anyone thought the 
choice of quarterback was going to help them win that game. Personally, I think they needed to see what they had in Kellen Mond, and that was a real missed opportunity. That's why he won't be there next year. Dennis, another top seed in the NFC. Can the Packers make a ne- make the next step in 2021? Yeah, I, I think they can. Uh, you know, they, they Rodgers is willing that team to be elite. Devontae Adams uh, is no joke. And now they've got that running game with, with Dylan and Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, they both went over 100 yards or 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Uh, in yesterday's game, so uh, you know they're doing, and, and their defense is overcoming the loss of Zadarius Smith. If they get Jair Alexander back, look out. Yeah, that's what I was say. That defense is is continuing to play well. Getting Jair Alexander back right before the playoffs would be huge for that team. So that will do it for us today, guys. We will be back again on Friday to preview all of the Week 18 games. If you are hanging in the bounce tonight, I hope that you get all the points that you need to win. And of course, let's go Browns. Let's let's knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. We will talk to you guys again on Friday. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play?